This is the Passive Real Estate Podcast, the premier podcast for passive real estate investors. Matt Jones interviews experienced passive investors who share their industry secrets and active investors who show you different ways to invest passively. Welcome back. I'm Matt Jones. And today on the Passive Real Estate Podcast, I welcome Stephen Pesavento. Welcome, Stephen. It's great to have you on the show. Super good to be here, Matt. Good to see you again. Yes, indeed. Uh, what would you like the audience to know about yourself? Uh, what a big question. Well, my <laughs> name is Stephen Pesavento, founder of the Investor Mindset and Von Finch Capital. And uh, I've been investing for nearly a decade, and I'm sure we'll get into a lot more than that. Excellent. How'd you get started with uh, real estate investing? You know, uh, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad when I was 17. And uh, when I was growing up, I wanted to either be a chef like Emeril Lagasse, or I wanted to renovate houses like Bob Vila. And uh, eventually, after a couple decades, uh, all that HGTV paid off and, you know, uh, when I got started in real estate, didn't really have any experience or knowledge or money of my own. But uh, within the first year of getting in, I bought 75 houses, 200 within about two and a half years. And then today we run a private equity firm focused uh, primarily on commercial real estate and other income producing uh, assets. Excellent. And uh, do you currently then invest passively or actively or a bit of both? Yeah, so I invest my own personal money passively, but uh, I'm an active operator. Von Finch is an investment sponsor and, and operator. Uh, we're based out of Denver, Colorado. You know, I've personally purchased over $180 million of real estate, about 1,100 units. And uh, you know, we love focusing on heavy value add, on real opportunistic deals where we're getting stuff that's well below market, where you can create some income in the short term, and uh, be able to create a good secure investment by uh, by being able to add a lot of value, you know, taking rents from seven, 800 bucks a month to 1600 often. Okay. And are these uh, large multifamily or single family house or what? Yeah, I love large multifamily. That's our bread and butter, you know, 150 to 300 unit buildings, primarily in Denver, uh, Texas, Central Florida, and a, a couple of other states that we invest in for cash flow. In particular, I love Auburn, Alabama, love Des Moines, Iowa, and other states that are typically not as sexy, a little bit more boring, but you know, making great income is definitely interesting. But right now, the opportunity that we're seeing in the market is actually hitting this middle market space that all the big funds can't operate in and all the small mom and pops don't have enough money. So we've been scooping up deals across Denver in the you know, 20 to 80 unit range and putting together a pretty sizable portfolio. And what I really like about that is we're finding deals at 2015 to 2019 prices in 2023 today. So we're getting stuff 30% below market. And because we're dealing with mom and pop owners, we're able to negotiate some killer financing terms like two to 4% in a, in a market where it's, you know, six plus right now. So that's kind of our current strategy, but we're very much focused on what's going to make money today and what's going to protect the downside if anything's going to happen tomorrow. So we actively change our strategy, you know, month to month or year to year based on where things are at. Fantastic. A, a true entrepreneur mindset right there. Yeah. I mean, the, the old book, Who Moved My Cheese?, if you try to operate like we were operating in 2020 or 2019 today, you're going to lose a lot of money. And so we quickly adapt. We're looking at a lot of data. We've got some amazing people on our team. And, uh, you know, 
where's the money going to come from and you know how are we going to be able to turn these units so that's our that's our big focus well, that's an excellent book uh, easy read as well i think i read it in less than an hour <laughs> it really is Yep. And then um, uh, that's great. You're, you're focusing on these mid-sized multifamily too. I think that's a great size, uh, you know, especially when you can buy them close together, then you can sort of haphazardly create your own large multifamily that, uh, you know, so it's more efficient and whatnot. That's exactly the strategy because, you know, we underwrite every one of these deals as if we're going to sell them on their own. Um, so, you know, we've got great margin built into every deal that goes into that fund. Uh, but at the same time, we have a, a plan to exit. You know, once you put together 30 or $50 million of real estate, all of a sudden now it opens up a bigger buyer pool who's willing to pay more. They're willing to pay a higher multiple on income, uh, which in our space, we call that cap rate, of course. Um, and so, you know, it's great because once you do pool those all together, all of a sudden you open yourself up to another group of people. Cause most of these big funds, they're not interested in, in getting into a deal where they're not going to write a check uh, smaller than 10 or 15 million. And oftentimes they're looking for even bigger deals than that. So by being able to be a local player in this market and being able to scoop up and, you know, uh, really roll up a bunch of these properties. We kind of take a traditional private equity model and then we turn around and we sell that to a bigger fund. Excellent. Yeah. Funds and, and REITs and such uh, are a great uh, exit strategy. Um, and then, well, you know, you have a, a podcast about the mindset behind investing. Uh, can you talk a little bit about your podcast? Yeah. So I've been, been, uh, been interviewing people on the investor mindset show for over four years, nearly 400 episodes, um, you know, a million plus downloads. So I've had an opportunity to, to talk with some really smart people. And at the end of the day, the investor mindset show is really teaching people how to think like an investor. You know, when we grow up in today's modern world, you know, it's very much the traditional way of thinking it's go to school, get a job, you know, invest in a 401k and hope that somebody else is going to take care of you when you hit that time to get that gold watch and retire. And in reality, that just doesn't work. You know, it works for some people, but realistically, most people are not in a place where they're financially secure. But when you start thinking like an investor, when you start following the investor mindset principles, the rules for living like an investor, you can really put yourself in a position to take financial control no matter where you're starting from. You know, if you're making $100,000 a year, amazing. You know, that's a place to start. If you're making a million dollars a year, great. You've got even more to work with. But at the end of the day, when you start thinking like an investor, it puts you in a position to really make those decisions. So you start living off the income of your assets instead of living off the money that you earn. Excellent. So if you had to summarize these 400 episodes of your podcast uh, down into you know a few words or so, what are these rules for living the investor mindset? Yeah, so I'll walk through a couple of them and uh, we can kind of go deep into a couple of them and happy to kind of, uh, give a little bit of an intro, but I think one of the most important, the first rule of living with the investor mindset is that you invest in assets, not liabilities. And an asset is simply something that pays you money for owning it, pays you cash flow, you see appreciation, you see growth. And a liability is something that you pay for. So, what most people do, the traditional way of thinking is they go to work and they earn money and then they go and spend that money. Right. And so when you invest in assets, instead of things that you have to keep paying for to own or lose value by owning them, 
that puts you ahead of most people. And the second most important thing is that the reason that you go to work every day, the reason that you earn money is specifically to invest. And it's to invest in these exact same kind of cash producing, income producing assets that I'm talking about. Um, and if I break it down, most people, they go to work, they earn money and they spend that money on living. And I would imagine 99% of the people who are listening to the show, probably somewhere you know, connected to that or did that at some point. So it doesn't mm -hmm. matter how much you're earning. If you've got to pay for your life with the money that you earn actively, then you're essentially, you have to keep working. You have to keep doing that same thing every day. And you're not building something that's going to pay you for the long term. So the big shift is that you put an extra step in between that. And that step is you go and invest in assets that pay you. And you start living off of the income of those investments. And you might be thinking to yourself, hey, Stephen, that's awesome. You know, other people can do that, but I can't. I can tell you that no matter where you're starting from, you absolutely can start building that, that momentum to get that ball rolling down the hill. And so maybe today, you know, you have some money set aside and you start pumping that money into some assets and you say, hey, well, you know, I, I I'm it's costing me more to live than I'm earning in my job. Well, you've got an income problem, not an investing problem. But if you're anywhere else on that stack where you've got more money at the end of the month than you earned and you start pumping that into deals, then slowly but surely over time, you're going to uh, be able to create uh, and replace that income, which is really the end goal of what we're really looking to do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even for people who are high income earners, if they stop working, then uh, and and they don't have that passive income to replace uh, that, then they, you know they they go broke pretty quickly. Yeah, and the big thing I want to underline is like, yeah, maybe you want to quit your job. Maybe that's the goal of doing this, but you might love what you do. Like, I never plan on retiring fully. I don't really ever plan on being in that position. I'm at a place today where I've got investments that are paying for me to live. And I'm able to just live the life I live, travel, have fun, do the things I do. But I've got a bigger mission, a bigger purpose. And so we'll come back to that in a second. But for all you people out there who are like, hey, well, I'm never, I love what I do. I'm never going to retire. It's like, great. But think about how good it would feel to know that you have the space to be able to make that decision. Um, and so the third the third rule of living with the investor mindset really comes down to naming your number, right? And so we've actually created a new show on the investor mindset called Name Your Number, which is focused on this specific thing. And what it is, is it's the number of dollars that you need to earn every single month that cover your lifestyle, that cover your life. So that's the amount of recurring passive income, passive cash flow that equals to or exceeds what you're earning. And it's really easy to figure out that number, especially if you don't like focusing on finance or numbers. Like I know a lot of people are, you're either a visionary dreamer or you're a numbers person, maybe you're both, but you simply look at like, what does it cost to live? How much am I spending on vacations every year? You divide that out and then you got your number. And so let's just say that that's $10,000 a month for you. It might be 50,000. For another person, maybe it's less. But if you're at $10,000 a month and you name your number, now you know you have one single target that you're focused on. 
And when you put these pieces together, it's really, really valuable. And I want to show you why is because when you start remembering that the purpose of going to work every day is to earn income to invest, and we invest that money into assets that pay us. And now we have a target of how much income we're looking to come off of those assets. Now we can get to the fourth rule, which is, you know, create an investment plan that matches what your number is, what your life goals are, and that you're following that plan when you make your investments. So just one example of one little piece of somebody's plan, what it might be if they're looking to make $10,000 a month where they've got, you know, a 401k or they've got some equity in their house. Awesome. If you pulled out $200,000 and you invested that one time into one single investment, and the goal of that investment was to double every five years, 200,000 in five years turns into 400,000. In another five years, at the end of 10, now you've got $800,000 invested. At the end of 15 years, you've got 1.6 million. And if you took all of that money, that one single investment of 200,000 that doubled every five years, at the end of 15 years, you've got 1.6 million. And if you take all that money and you put it into a, a note or a fixed income product or a piece of real estate or other private equity that pays you 8%, you've got a $10,000 income for life. And so you might say, Stephen, well, hey, I want to do it faster. Well, great. You either have to invest more up front or maybe you already have 1.6 million and you can simply put that into a fixed income that's going to pay you immediately. And so a lot of people, once they get this, their mind wrapped around this concept, they start seeing why it's so important and why it's so valuable. And one thing people get tripped up on often is they think to themselves, well, you know, making 20% a year and doubling your money every five years, Stephen, that seems really high. You know, the stock market's maybe doing eight to 12 on a very good year. And if you look back historically, it's probably around eight. So you have to invest outside of the traditional networks. And that's where private equity and investing in insider deals comes in. And so the fifth rule, and I think one of the most important is understanding that there's a whole nother world. And once you pull back the curtain of the world that the wealthiest people invest in, that's private equity. And the benefit of private equity is that when you invest in private equity, you're allowed to use insider information. If you were to go buy Apple stock and you had insider tips and you made some trades based on that, you're going to go to jail. Ask Martha Stewart how that worked out for her. And we'll all just say, let's not do that. <laughs> but the beautiful thing about private equity is that when you're actually investing, uh, you're allowed to use, and it's encouraged to use insider information. So in a real estate example, that might be, hey, I know that this neighborhood is changing because there's you know, a Costco being built, you know, IBM's moving in, there's some manufacturing plant that's happening, or maybe the government is planning on investing a billion dollars in this specific neighborhood, which is an example of one of the neighborhoods we're investing in Denver. So when you have this insider information, most people who aren't here, who don't have their hands wrapped around that specific asset or strategy, they don't know about it. So you're able to buy a deal today that you know has further upside built in than you are even underwriting to normally. So what happens when you invest in insider deal? You typically get much better returns. You get higher returns 
and you typically take less risk. That doesn't mean all private equity has less risk. It means when you have insider deals with experts who know what they're doing, you get an advantage. And so when you think about all five of these packaged up together, it's a really simple way of looking at the difference between let me go work for my income and, and the world of investing where you can start having your income and your money working for you. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. And I guess one point I would add to your your earlier thing about uh, you know people who love that what their work that they're doing because you don't know what life is going to bring you. You might be at a point where you can't for some reason work anymore. So what happens to your income uh, for yourself and your family then? But have, building up to have uh, something that replaces your earned income uh, passively, then uh, you're setting yourself up for success. You're, you're hedging against what life might bring you. And I'll just tell you that we don't know what's going to happen. Like life is short, people die, people get hurt, people have medical issues. And you don't ever want your family, let alone you personally, to be in a situation where in order for you to survive, let alone thrive, you're required to show up to work every single day. You know, and I can talk from my own personal experience that, you know, uh, about three years ago, my 27-year-old sister left my house and she never came home. She got in a car accident and she passed away. And uh, that was one of the toughest things that I ever experienced, you know, because when Kat, you know, when I got the news that my sister Kat had passed, it was so shocking. You know, I'm running this real estate business. I'm flip, flipping 75 houses a year. And I'm realizing that all of a sudden, like, I'm not fit for work. I'm not fit to lead my team. I had so much internal grief and things that I had to process myself. And I hope that nobody ever experiences it, but the truth is at some point, something will happen. And so I share that with you because what that led me to was realizing the importance of getting out of transactional-based income, which is what most people have in their job, and really focusing on how do I hold these assets long-term? Because, you know, three, six months after that happened, I was still in pretty rough shape. My business was not as strong as it was before. Because without a great leader, no matter how many systems and processes I thought, my team wasn't really functioning at the same level without me. And so that's kind of what led me to this place of realizing, well, one, you need a business that fully operates without you. But two, even with that in place, you really need to have some assets that are going to pay for your life in case that ever happens. And, you know, God willing, hopefully it won't. Well, I'm so sorry for your loss. And I, I appreciate you willing to uh, share this strategy and, and how it's impacted you and your, uh, you know, I guess, investor mindset. Um, so we've got five rules that you've covered. Are there any more rules to living the investor mindset? Yeah, I think, I think those five rules are the core. Okay. The, the sixth rule is you want to build a team of experts. So you want to hire and partner with experts who can execute your plan for you. These are the people who have access to those insider deals. These are your CPAs, your attorneys, your financial advisors, and the expert operators that are going to go and run these private equity strategies for you. When you bring those people onto your team, when you partner with them, and when you have alignment of interest, meaning they only profit after or when you profit, then you put yourself in the best position. And the seventh is one of the most important, and it's investing in yourself 
is what leads to the biggest ROI. Because all of this stuff that we're talking about here is a phenomenal way to think and it's a phenomenal way to live. But the only way that you're going to build the skills and knowledge so that you have the confidence to go and use it is by investing in yourself. You're doing it right now by listening to this podcast. It's by going out and finding great mentors, great coaches, and great communities of people who already have this knowledge, people who are already on the path. Maybe they're 10 steps ahead of you. Maybe they're three, or maybe they're right alongside. Because when you get into a community, when you surround yourself with those people, that is when you start to really see a belief change happen. And that's what we're really looking to do when it comes to changing from that traditional way of thinking to living like an investor. And I, I will say that uh, I find it best not to compare yourself to the other people that you're meeting, you know, because wherever you are right now, there's somebody ahead of you, there's somebody behind you, there's somebody at the same point as you, but that, that doesn't matter. It matters where you are and where you're going to help yourself to get to that point. Yeah, the the comparison trap is only useful if you use it to inspire you, mm. right? Like if you hear, Hey, Steven, you know, Steven was 26 when he started investing in real estate, 25 really. And, you know, he's the oldest of four kids, single mom worked in hospitality, making 20, 30 grand a year, you know, grew up without a lot of money, you know, welfare and support and all these things. But you know, I learned a hard work ethic and a lot of people out there have that. And so when they can hear a story saying, Hey, well, Steven's got 1100 units that he's invested in. He's managing a big private equity firm. Maybe you don't want to create a private equity firm, but maybe you're looking to create that passive income, or maybe you're looking to do something similar and you can look to other people as an example of what's possible. And it can be inspiring, but when we compare ourselves and bring our energy down, we bring ourselves down thinking, Hey, well, I can't do that. That's cool for them. Then that just kills all that momentum. So it's really important that you get in that community so that you can see that other people are doing it so that you can see how you can actually step into that identity of an investor, the identity of someone who can learn these things. And there's no better way to do that than really investing yourself and getting some great people in your corner. And how do you find these people? Yeah, I think, you know, we're, we're, we're on a podcast right now. You're, this is a free medium to be able to gather information. It's you go out and you listen, you listen, you read, you, you go out into the community and you start asking other people, Hey, well, where did you learn this? How did you think about that? And what you'll notice is you're going to start being drawn towards certain types of people. So if you're listening to this show, for example, right now, and you like what we've talked about, then I encourage you to hit pause go over to your podcasting app and search for the investor mindset show and hit subscribe because there's hundreds of episodes of information that you can learn there. When you want to go deeper, a lot of people who are really successful, they want to share those lessons. And so oftentimes there's free mediums to do that, but the fastest way is by investing in coaching, mentorship, and communities and so it's diving in, it's giving it a little taste, it's giving a try, it's spending some money and looking for what the benefit is that you could bring back home. And no matter, I've invested, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in coaches and mentors. And what I've noticed is that every single one of them, I've been able to find something that I could bring back to my life, or I could bring back to my business. 
that led to an ROI. And some of them I've renewed and worked with for years. And some I worked with for three months. And some communities I've joined for a couple months to give it a try. And some I've stayed in for the long term. At the end of the day, you've got to get out there so you can start tasting what those different, uh, those flavors taste like and start getting that feeling. And you're going to start knowing when you're in the right place. Excellent. Great advice. And I, I do love your podcast as well. There'll be a, a link to it in the show notes here that people can click on. All right. Are you ready for a speed round? Yeah, let's do it. What's your favorite part about passive real estate investing? I mean, that it's passive, that I earn income regardless of what I'm doing. What do you know now about passive real estate investing that you wish you knew when you first got started? Uh, I wish I knew that it is. it seems complicated, but once you actually pull back the curtain and you have somebody who can really walk you through the steps of what's going on, it's pretty easy to wrap your head around. And earlier you mentioned Who Moved My Cheese. Are there any other books that you can recommend to uh, other investors? I mean, there's so many amazing books out there. Um, one of them that I'm, I'm loving right now is a book called The Untethered Soul. I've read it many, many times. I'm rereading it uh, this week. Um, but what's great about that book is that it really puts you into this mindset of really letting go of anything that isn't going to help you. And when it comes to investing, you've got to be in the right emotional state in order to make the right decisions. But how can our listeners get in contact with you if they want to learn more about what you have going on? Yeah, so the best way is, you know, check out the podcast, dive deeper into some of that. If you want to follow me on Instagram or LinkedIn at steven.pesavento, make sure to shoot me a DM, letting me know that you found me through this podcast here. Um, and I've got a ton of great resources on the website, investormindset.com. A uh, ton of great resources, calculators, tools for you to be able to help name your number and really be able to step into thinking like an investor. Awesome. And is there anything else you want to mention that we haven't covered yet? I just think the biggest thing is that if you're listening to this and you already are investing, amazing. That's awesome. But it really is important. What I found with most of my clients, people are making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year and millions of dollars a year. One of the biggest mistakes I see most people have is they don't have a passive investment plan. They don't really have it locked down what strategies they're using for the next year to five years, how that translates to income in the future. And that's something that we help a lot of our clients with. So if you're interested, definitely head over uh, to investormindset.com. Or if you want to invest directly with us in the same deals that I personally invest in, vonfinch.com, uh, you can register and you can talk with one of my top advisors. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for this tremendous value that you've offered our listeners here today. Uh, I recommend everybody re listen to this podcast again and listen to Stephen's podcast as well. So thanks for uh, coming on the show here today, Stephen, and have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much. Subscribe to this podcast to stay updated on new episodes. Leave a review to let us know that you enjoy the content. There are tons of ways to invest in real estate that you can explore by reading Matt Jones's book called Book About Real Estate. It summarizes many top real estate books all in one. Find it on Amazon, Audible, iTunes, Google Play, or barnesandnoble.com. If you want to learn more about passive real estate investing, go to hawkwingcapital.com.